SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. Almost six minutes after six o'clock on this Tuesday evening. Hilton Tarrant with you on the Market Update uh, right here on SAFM. First up, as always, Google Etumfupi has your business news. Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. One of South Africa's smaller gold producers, Village Main Reef, says it will shut its non-profitable operations in its Biffles, in its Biffles-Fontein mine. No further deals regarding this announcement have been made. However, the news comes at a time when tensions are high in the country's mining sector due to looming wage talks and a running turf war between rival unions that have caused several gold and platinum firms to halt operations. Locally-based bank and money manager Investec has teamed up with Vuselela Energy to develop a power plant using waste heat to drive turbines. The bank will put 105 million rand toward the so-called co-generation power station where the facility will use hot water from Anglo-American platinum smelter in Rustenburg and send the power generated back to the plant. And South African Airways will start taking delivery of a fleet of 20 new Airbus aircraft over the next few months. Minister of Public Enterprises Malusi Kigaba says the order is valued at around 10 billion rand over the long term and forms part of a broader fleet replacement plan that aims to address the fuel inefficiency of SAA's current long-haul fleet. Turning to the markets now, the JSEO share index has ended the day off up by three quarters of 1% at 40,711 points. The rand's at 9.21 to the US dollar, 14 rand exactly to the British pound, David, and 11.94 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,429 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $103, and the platinum price at $1,501 an ounce. Thanks, Gugu. It's uh, almost eight minutes after six. A reminder of our SMS line, 34701 with the keyword market. That's 34701. Use the keyword market. We'll get to one or two of your questions uh, before 6.30 this evening, uh, including one, David, and uh, I know you haven't had uh, time to do any homework, but someone's got 400,000 rand to invest. He's a luckier man than I, uh, and he wants to invest through ETFs. Uh, And the question very simply is, one ETF or more than one? We'll get to your your thoughts. At at the moment, um, I'm still quite worried about the resource sector. Hmm. Um, if, if you look at the market today, and we can talk about that, I mean, what's powering it is mainly industrials and financials, but generally uh, industrials you know, uh, gaining optimism or gaining from the optimism in the U.S. And I still think that's going to be the way upwards. So my weighting would be more towards the industrial market, particularly the heavyweights, rather than a whole basket of resources. And I'm still concerned about platinum. You, you heard the headlines. You know what's happening there. It doesn't, you know, at this stage, there's just no sign of any kind of consolidation or any kind of support. So I think the leaning at this at, at, at this point would be uh, much more towards uh, the industrials and the heavyweights there, Richemont, British America. I know they've run, but um, there's no stopping them. And there's some, you know, still some quality uh, stocks in the uh, in that sector. 40,711 points mm. on the all share, three quarters of 1%. In some ways, you've almost got an illusion here. You've got mm. a, a market which is posting near fresh highs every yep. day, and you've, you've got an absolute disaster in the platinum sector. Well, that's exactly it. If it wasn't for the mining sector, uh, which is coming down on worries about China, but mainly because of the strike action and labor, you know, labor worries there, uh, we would be at what, what was 41,000 or just a, a touch under that we reached middle of March. So um, if not for that, uh, so rather, rather than look at the all share index, look at the 
all-time highs or the 52-week highs. That will give you a much better indication of the underlying strength of this market. And there were some pretty good, uh, pretty good results that came out today, and uh, you know some pretty good performances right along. On the high side, Kuro posting fresh highs. RMI, that one's been mm. up there very recently of late. Uh, Robex after yesterday's results, mm. over 20 rand a share. Ilova up there. Nasparis at a fresh uh, all-time high, 661 rand a share. Mm. Woolies edging close to 80 rand a share, 77.48. Mm. Investec up there. SAB Miller up there. Mediclinic up mm. there. Sure. So, you know, you, you've listed, uh, it's, a, it's a complete list of some of the gains and the healthy gains. If you look at the downside, very limited. You know, there's no big, f- yeah, telecoms come out, you know, the normal, uh, the normal bunch not performing, but, um, overall the companies, you know, the quality companies are doing pretty well. So that's where, that's where the action's taking place. That's where the money's, um, you know, that's where the money's running. Amplat's ending just over 300 mm-hmm. rand a share. Impala Platinum below 100 mm-hmm. rand a share. Uh, Lonman under severe pressure today. Mm-hmm. That share uh, almost 8% lower at one mm-hmm. stage. And one wonders why Lonman took until quarter to two this afternoon <laughs> to announce to the market an open secret that Which mining wasn't happening in Marikana. I know. I know. That, that's, uh, in fact, you didn't have to look. You didn't have to wait for an announcement. You could have looked at the share price. Mm. You know, the share price told it all. Yesterday we were up on better than expected results, uh, what appeared to be a turnaround. Today, whatever gains we made yesterday, we gave back today with a little bit of change. The platinum sector, and this was pointed out by Drikus Kombrink of PSG, the platinum sector has lost more than 80 billion rand of market cap, mm. market capitalization or value since February this morning, 5 billion alone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's be, it, to put it in perspective, I think the shares are down in the region of what, you know, 50, 60%. I know that Lonman's down about almost over 70% from a year or 18 months ago. And it was a right mm, issue. And sure. So it, it, it's been a dreadful sector and it's been a, it's been a weight on, uh, you know, on, on the all shares performance and uh, general mining. So it has a, has a negative effect on that whole sector. Anglos as well. It's, you know, it's just dragging Anglos all the way back. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Anglos even, you know, starts to test. Uh, 210 or even those levels. I think, I think in 2008 we saw it, I don't know, what, 130, 140 or somewhere around mm-hmm. there. But, uh, since then it, it, it hasn't made, you know, much progress. Billiton on the other hand, a little bit better today. Sassel's still holding its own. But, but overall miners are, you know, really battling. Platinum stocks down somewhere between mm. 30 and 40 percent okay. over the past 90 days. Mm. Uh, the finance minister, Pravin Gordon, uh, in uh, Parliament this morning, SARS making a presentation on its roadmap mm. through to 2017. Uh, he said on the sidelines of that that, uh, and this is a quote directly attributed uh, to Pravin Gordon, returning to normal production in our mining industry is absolutely critical. Mm. In the meantime, they'll get their money from the Competition Commission. <laughs> so whatever shortfall they'll have, they'll find companies to find. <laughs> Village Main Reef, David, uh, you heard from Gugu. It will cease non-profitable operations at Biffles. The, yeah. mine, the mine started in 1954, 2,000 jobs. This is probably the most marginal of marginal mines. I, I remember Buffles well. I was, <laughs> I was around in the 70s. But you know, having a father who dealt in gold shares and that, it... Uh, yeah, it's rather sad to see these mine. You know, we saw the end of Simmers now. We're seeing Simmers off the board, Buffles. Uh, it's only a matter JCI. of JCI. Yeah.
all my history going. <laughs> Results today from, from Life Healthcare. Mm. First half revenue I, up 7%, earnings up 20%. Yeah, it just shows, you know, there's still life in the, uh, in, in, in the private healthcare sector. And I think... Uh, no pun doing, intended. No, no pun intended. <laughs> and, and, you know, very solid set of results. I think what's interesting and what grabbed the market is that they're expanding their operations into mental health, which I think we need in South Africa. And I don't know what they call it. I think it is mental health, acute healthcare or something like that. So um, expanding their operations. Uh, MediClinic went up in sympathy. Uh, it's been a very good sector. That if you, if you take MediClinic, Life Healthcare, and Discovery as a as a I don't know what the racing terms is as triple you know trifecta trifecta yeah I think you've made a fortune this year, absolute fortune. Well, it's 14 minutes after 6 o'clock. South Africa's fifth largest construction group by market cap, Stefanuti Stock, shocked the market yesterday with news that it had made a provision for a 323 million rand fine as part of the Competition Commission's fast-track settlement process. That's following an investigation into alleged bid rigging and price fixing in the sector. Chief Executive Vili Meiberg joins us now. Vili, that 323 million rand fine penalty, it's fair to say I think that the market wasn't expecting a number quite that big. You've now made the provision. Is that the number that you expected? No, the number is uh, more than what we've expected and we received, received notification late Friday afternoon and we decided to make provision for that um, and we're still studying the document um, that we received Friday afternoon and we will make, make the necessary comment um, to the competition commission. How has this process worked? Uh, it has dragged on for far longer than I think everyone in the sector uh, thought it would. Uh, the players, as well as uh, the, the commission itself, uh, the media had been expecting an announcement far sooner. Uh, the market as well, I, I guess, had been expecting a blanket announcement from the commission. Instead, we're getting co company by company uh, news. We saw Robex making a provision for, for just over 50 million rand. How's this process worked? A bit of a tug of war, a tug of war going on between each company and the commission? I'm sure that's probably what's happening because a lot of companies um, have not announced what the actual penalty will be. This is the proposed penalty and it, as I said, it was given to us late Friday afternoon. I understand that Robex received this a little bit earlier but yes, uh, it looks like it will come to the market in, in, in piecemeal. The transgressions that this relates to uh, in terms of the penalty, this goes back way before your listing even. It's, well, it's, it's the last transgression was just before we listed in 2007. That's when we were still Stefanuti and Brisson. Part, part of the transgressions were also on, uh, on our acquisitions that we've made, and uh, we're obviously getting penalised for that as well, but I guess that's, that's part of the game. In terms of the payment of this fine, has, has the Commission indicated how it expects payment? Is it expecting a, a lump sum, or will this be spread over some months or years? No, in the um, proposed settlement agreement, they indicated that it could be settled over a period, and that we still have to finalise that with them. And uh, we will settle that through um, some borrowing, which uh, I think we at this stage it is, um, it is well in our means to do so, and we will deal with that over that period then, which we still have to finalise on. Billy, the, the, the underlying business still sound. Uh, the construction market as a whole still very tough. We need not only look at your numbers in isolation, we look at any, any of the players in the market's uh, numbers. Revenue up 17% in the year to February. You have reported a headline loss of 89 cents a share. That's on the back of that provision uh, for that uh, 323 million rand penalty. Without that provision, you would have made a profit per share of around 86 cents. 
the underlying uh, environment still very tough? Yes, the market is still very competitive. For the full year, um, compared to the previous year, obviously we are down uh, by 35% on operating profit. But if you look at the second part of the year, the, the latter part, we actually came back with quite a good performance. And um, yeah, we see that there's still work in the marketplace, but it's in pockets. Um, in, in building, we find that uh, we, we're getting work at reasonable margins. The most important thing to us is that the loss-making projects are now behind us. We put structures in place to ensure that, that's, uh, that we will minimize that. Also, the historic loss-making projects in mechanical, electrical, and power, that is behind us. So we are looking forward to positive results on both those two business units. Our roads, pipeline, and mining business, they're doing well. We're um, doing a lot of work o- over border. And uh, we also recently we were awarded quite a nice project for open pit mine for to the value of about one and a half billion rand. We can see that uh, the structures business unit is under pressure, and traditionally they got work from the mining infrastructure and also from the state-owned companies. But we we can see little work of that large project, especially coming from marketplace. The order book uh, at eight and a half billion rand at the end of February, where you reported to today, that number is at ten billion. Is that uh, is is work starting to come through in sufficient volume? Work comes through in small packages, but it grows. And uh, we currently we're waiting on a number of awards in most of our business units. And as I said earlier on, we're getting it in the business units where we. We've actually changed our mix, mix because our order book is much better than it was two, three years ago. Because two, three years ago, the majority of the work was in the building sector. Mm. Now, it's only about 30, 30% of the work is in the building sector. The rest is all in our business units where we can get operating profit better than our average operating profit. So, yeah, we're looking forward to a, a better order book, and we've planned it for a long time, and it's starting to work for us. That's the Chief Executive there of uh, Stefanuti Stocks, Willie Myberg. David, uh, interesting to see the move from, from not only Stefanuti Stocks, mm-hmm. but uh, most players in the sector into more specialized mm-hmm. business. Obviously, the margins uh, far mm-hmm. better there. But uh, as Willie says, pockets. Well, well, they've had to look for it. But I think mm-hmm. the good news you know, from the construction sector is that the fines are being made. You know, uh, yes, they'll defend them, maybe get something back, maybe get them reduced. But I think once that's out the way, it just opens up the whole industry now to just get ahead and also investors there to get a much clearer picture of what lies ahead. But, you know, if you look at Robex, if you look at the road building side, there's positive statement. That's why Robex was up today. Um, I, I, I was reading analyst reports where they're looking for target prices, you know, 22 and a half, 23. So still some fairly positive outviews, uh, outlooks on, you know, on, on the sector. Interesting to see uh, Steph stocks not moving at all today. Uh, it obviously reacted on the news yesterday, and then uh, opened sharply lower this morning, and then and then regained all that lost ground. Yeah, I think I think it's out the way. You know, so we built it in. You know, as soon as the news is released, it's built in now. The share price has been under considerable pressure, but. As soon as you start to see a better statement of where, or better outlook statement, I think the market begins to uh, attract uh, value investors or uh, bargain hunters. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Well, South Africa's second largest unit trust manager, Coronation Fund Managers, reporting results for the six months to March 31 today. We knew they'd be good as we've been able to track the uh, fund inflows, the assets under management, as well as the performance of the unit trust funds uh, over the past six months. 
We didn't know that they'd be quite this good. The JSC-listed group says revenue was up 64% to almost 1.5 billion rand in the six months. Diluted headline earnings per share jumping 88%. Anton Pillay is the new chief executive of Coronation. Anton, assets under management, well over 400 billion. Strong net inflows, a good result all round. We're very pleased with the results. Um, our AUMs increased by 21% to roughly 409 billion rand, and that's really been on the back of good inflows and exceptional performance. Uh, retail flows of roughly 15.5 billion rand to give total inflows of about 21 billion rand. So all in all, um, good, good performance driving the, the AUM. The retail side of the business, as you say, a uh, very strong performer over not only the past 12 months, but uh, even even further back than that. The challenge now, I guess, is to still maintain that level of performance given the size of, of these funds, some of your funds uh, turning into, into fairly significant funds. Correct. I mean, we believe the average um, market size that we could probably achieve is roughly between 15 and 18 percent, given what happens on a nas- on an international basis, we're sitting at 12.5%. So to to get to those levels, one needs to experience probably higher than av- higher than normal levels of inflows. But those will um, will mute at some point. I guess with number one being in in shouting distance in the retail space, uh, that firmly in your sights. Yeah, we've made we've made some grounds on the on the company in number one. Um, you know, but our overall objective through all this has been to deliver alpha to to our clients, and as a result of that that alpha, I believe we've seen good inflows into the into the the product range. You did uh, speak in the commentary uh, to today's numbers that uh, because of this cyclicality of the business, performance fees will kick in, and in other periods there won't be uh, performance fees. Uh, which you will pay to your fund managers. I, I guess in a year like uh, this year or these six months, uh, those performance fees are, are uh, evident and are a significant contributor to costs. Yeah, we believe that you know, given the, the, the high return environment or exceptional return environment that we've experienced over the last few years, that it's not sustainable going into the future and there will definitely be a, a um a lower return environment and likewise or associated with that the client could expect a lower return going forward. Um, our performance fees are clearly driven on our ability to generate alpha and the total revenue on, on the size of, of the market. Uh, given the levels of, of, of returns on the market at the moment, we believe that uh, you know, it's not something that clients should or shareholders should expect to see on a normal basis. We do believe that going forward we they need to exercise caution. In terms of retaining skills in the business, is that more difficult in an environment like this or more difficult in an environment where returns on the market are, are harder to come by? I think retaining skills in any business in South Africa at the moment is quite hard, just given the the, the, the lack of skills in the country. Um, we we do have mechanisms in place to protect the franchise. Um, we use a significant portion of our bonus pool uh, to defer re- uh, in, on a deferral basis. I we put incentives in place that best over one, two, and three years. So we are we have put in, we have put I think significant incentives in place to ensure that we retain the skills. Just looking forward, uh, with markets as choppy as they are at the moment, is it becoming more and more difficult to, to generate those returns? I think that is the point that we, we, we make at the end of our announcement today, is that we believe it is going to become more difficult, just given the volatility um, that we are experiencing in the market and the global economic conditions that's currently prevailing. To close off with uh, MTN, still your top holding across the business? Um, I believe so, yes.
That's Anton Pillay there, the chief executive of Coronation. David, 12.5% market share in the retail space uh, as far as unit trusts are concerned, uh, getting 20 to 25% of inflows a year. Yeah, they, they're hot at the moment. You've got to hand it to them, and they deserve so. You know, they've done very well. I think it's a solid house, and you can see it from the results. Um, you know, look, the market's fickle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> market, those, those, those flows can, you know, go from one to another. Um, very fast. And as soon as you underperform or, or miss a beat and that, boom, it's, it's someone new, you know. So I don't know. I don't know. It used to be Alan Gray. I still think they're up there with the best and that. But, but certainly, uh, I think, you know, Coronation is, I was going to call them the Man United, but, uh, who are they? <laughs> yeah, they're probably well, they're still blue. the Man United, yeah. They're blue. <laughs> mm. No, they're blue. They're Man City. <laughs> Man City or Chelsea. <laughs> David, you, you would have done better though if you if you just bought the Coronation share up 62% yeah, in yeah. the past six months. Get, Over the past year, know, it's doubled. I know. I know, isn't that so? And, and also, you get an incredible yield because they pay all their earnings out in dividends, so it still remains a top. I was surprised at their warning. They were a little cautious about the market. Mm. You know, remember they also make a lot of management uh, performance fees. Mm. So if the market doesn't perform. It'll hurt them, you know. We're we're at forty thousand now, so uh, we need to perform for them to get, um, you know, to keep those fees up. And maybe that's just worrying him a little. Property insights brought to you by Redefine Properties. Redefine. We're not landlords. We're people. Well, Marius Crook, the original sales manager for the Western Cape at bond originator Uber, joins us. Now, Marius, uh, you are seeing uh, the amount of first-time buyers uh, now in the majority in the market. 52% of bonds uh, being originated through your platform are are first-time buyers. These buyers, though, I I guess are are trending younger and trending to a, a far more digital online environment. Uh, yes, that would be correct. I mean, the average age of, of the first-time buyer is about 33 at the moment, and the average buyer, uh, if we look at the whole Uber market share that we've got, is about 37. So we can see the the, the buyers around about the 37, you know, in the 30s, and they definitely to, um, aim towards uh, the digital platform, uh, where most of them have always been, you know, on the internet, email addresses, uh, property search um, portals, and stuff like that. So it's definitely more the younger buyer and moving in. In, in that environment, the digital environment at the moment. Morris, what is the average house price for these first-time buyers? What, what would the range be? Okay, so we're looking at about uh, 690. That would be the first-time buyer. Um, so it's gone up a little bit from, if we look, uh, we're about one month behind in our stats, but uh, it's about 690 for April 2013 compared to about 629 in 2012. So it's gone up about 9.6%. In terms of how that compares, though, with, with the average house price uh, of, of, of bonds being originated uh, across the market? Um, well, look, I mean, the average bond size is about 782, um, which is up from 725 a year ago. So you can see they're just below what the average bond size is. Um, but they, they're in very competitive, um, you know, with the bonds that they do get. Morris, just to close off with, if we take a step back uh, from not only first-time buyers, but uh, the the buyers who are originating bonds through Uber as a whole, what is, what is the effective approval rate um, of those applications, and how is that trend changing? 
Look, we, at the moment we're standing on about, um, obviously it works from month to month. You, you might submit an application this month, but it only gets approved next month mm-hmm. and it rolls over. But the effective approval rate is about 71% of our bonds eventually do get approved. Um, well, unfortunately, with the, home, the first-time home buyers coming in and asking for more 100% bonds, that would influence the, the effective approval rate. Um, you know, where they don't have a deposit and, and the banks seem to be wanting deposits from first-time buyers or from the market at the moment. But in the end, we still get about 71% of our bond applications approved. Is that better or worse than, say, a year ago? It is definitely better. Definitely better. Um, then it's, we're definitely going forward to where we were last year. It's not a huge increment, but it is definitely better than last year. Marius Crook is Regional Sales Manager for the Western Cape at Bond Originator Uber. Property Insights was brought to you by Redefine Properties. Redefine. We're not landlords. We're people. Here we are, Wombat Consulting. Jeez, oh, it's like the North Pole in here. Air conditioning's on the blink. Huh? Sorry. Mandy. The ice patch. Oh, can't you fix that? Landlords don't have the budget. Nina's must have day off. Why don't you find somewhere else then? Actually, it's not so bad. We get snow in the canteen.